Jesus' name. So, Father, show me which way you would have us go. Or from what we talked about this morning, you and I over coffee. Amen, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Go to, where is it again? We'll go to John chapter 6. Pull this out. John chapter 6. Amen. Y'all expecting this morning? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good. You know, again, are you expecting this morning? You know, good. We come together, right? When we come to church, it's together. I'm expecting God to lead and guide me. And you need to be expecting God to speak and talk to you. And that's how we all work together in this. Amen. But we're talking about, again, in connection with prayer, we're talking about get a word. Everybody say get a word. Amen. That as we begin, as we make decisions, right, as we go to prayer and seek whatever it is we're seeking, guidance, direction, uh, whatever it is you may need, what's the first thing you want to get? You want to get a word from the Lord about your situation. You want to go to the Bible, as Pastor Ken said, and you want to go with the help of the Holy Spirit. And our heart is, okay, God, talk to me. Speak to me. Amen. Here in John, I want to look at a verse first, if I'm remembering right. John chapter 6. We'll pick up in verse 61. And it says, and if you remember this, Jesus has just preached like his most, Jesus has two famous messages in the Bible. There's the Sermon on the Mount and this one. And this is the one where he says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Amen. And people are like, Woo! You know, they're like, this is a little cray cray. What you talking about? And we'll pick up the story there. So therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard what he said in verse 60, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Now, listen, I want to say something. Remember, when God comes and he talks to us, we don't have to understand it to do it. Amen. Now, I'm going to say that because in our current culture, one of the things in the church culture, I mean, is we can be, um, we can be somewhat like children and I've got to understand it before I'll think about obeying it. How many of you know, we got so many small kids in there, people with small kids. Uh, this is what we told our kids all the time when they were little. Maybe some of my Hollywoods that are here, right? That you obey first, and then what do you do? Then you'll understand later. Uh, I didn't see the excitement in my kids' face. Let's try that one more time. My two kids that are still here. So we would always say, I will tell you what, you will do what first? You'll obey first, and then what will you do? Then you'll understand later. Again, when you're raising your children, obey first. Understand later. Not to get off the point, but for all you with little bitty people, please don't try to reason with them. Amen. Right? They're, they're little. They don't understand. But the power is they don't have to understand to obey. Amen. That's another reason why Jesus said, if you'll just be like a little child, the kingdom of heaven will open up to you. Amen. Now, God wants us to understand he is a good father. I am a good father to my children. Right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I am a good, they're impersonating teenagers right now. Did y'all see that? They're good but I am a good father to my children. I want them to know why I tell them to do everything. Didn't I tell that to you when you were little? Right? I would always tell them with a little, hey, listen, there's a reason I'm telling you this. There is a why behind my command. There is an understanding that is there for you as you grow. But today, you don't have to understand to obey. And I just want to put that out there as a word for us this morning. When you're going to God and he begins to speak to you, and he begins to say, I need you to think this way, do this, act this way, have this attitude, make this choice of soul. Does that make sense? Then ours is like little children to say, okay, I will obey first. 
And then, Father, along the way, help me understand why. But I don't need an understanding before I commit to being obedient. Amen. Amen. Is that, is that, that's for somebody today. So Jesus goes on, he says, so when Jesus knew within himself that his disciples were complaining about this, he said to them, I love this, does this offend you? I love that, right? What, is, is my word to you offensive? You know, to some people, uh, the word is offensive. Yeah. And I'm not talking about non-believers, I'm talking about believers. To some people, it, how, how dare God talk to me that way? Right? Why would he ever ask me to do that? Doesn't he know? Wow. Doesn't he know who I am? <laughs> what I believe I can or can't do? Come on. Right? And he goes, well, well, does this offend you? What then if you should see that the Son of Man would ascend where he was before? Now notice verse 63. That's where I wanted us to start this morning. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. How much does the flesh profit? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, and again, obviously there's some negative sides of the flesh, but there's some not negative sides of the flesh. They're just, we call them life. Right? You have to remember that, that, that really the things of earth, right? They profit nothing without God attached to them. Amen. Amen. The flesh profits nothing. He says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Church family, the Bible is spirit and it is life. Every time you open your Bible... In whatever format, digitally or literally, when you open the Word of God, it is spirit and it is life. Amen. Amen. Reading the Bible is a spiritual experience. Amen. Amen. Come on. Opening the pages of Scripture. I want to challenge us. I was challenged again for... uh, and not that I've walked away from it, I don't think, but I was, I was listening to a message by Brother Barry Bennett that I'll probably share sometime this coming week. And Brother Barry was like, and, and it challenged me. He says, man, I still open my Bible. And he says, and I get a little, little shudder on the inside because it's spirit. And I have to be honest, I, I heard that. I'm like going, ooh, I don't think I get that shudder anymore. And, and again, please hear me, no condemnation but I realized, oh, I, my own self, need to make sure I'm coming to Scripture and going, this is spirit. Amen. Yeah. Amen. This is not just a book, but this is spirit. This is God speaking and talking with you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, again, I'll tell the story from Peter's perspective. He, he relays it in one of his letters. And, and y'all remember Peter, right? Jesus is one of his disciples. And Peter had the privilege of being on the Mount of Transfiguration. Y'all know that story? Who doesn't know that story? Anybody not know that story? I'll tell it real quick. But remember, Jesus goes up to a mountain. He takes Peter, James, and John. And there Jesus is transformed. He glows. He's white. The, the full glory of God shines out of him. And Peter and all them go, whoa. Let's just build three little houses right here, right? You know, because Moses and Elijah showed up, right? In a visitation, and we'll build a little house for Jesus and a little house for Moses and a little house for Elijah. And we'll just camp here because, man, we're having church. (laughs) Y'all remember that? How many of you, now be honest, if you're like me, if you had that kind of supernatural experience, that'd be pretty wow. How many, of you would want, how many of you would want to have that ever happen in your life? You might want to have that kind of stuff where like Jesus is there. You're seeing Moses, Elijah. I mean, Jesus is glowing. There's a cloud of glory, Shekinah glories all around. It's the foggy mist, maybe some gold dust and angel feathers falling out of the sky. I mean, all kinds of cool stuff is happening, right? How many of you like that? Yeah. Well, see, well, Peter was there, and in his letter, talking about what would become the New Testament, He said, we have in our writings a more sure 
spiritual word than what I experienced on the mountain. Now, but think about that. Peter says, I saw Jesus. I saw Moses. I saw Elijah. I was standing in the glory of God. They had a show enough Pentecostal experience. And Peter said, but this that is being written by the Holy Spirit is more sure than that. Guys, listen to me. Why do I say that? Because so many, especially of our flavor, and y'all hear me, I'm one of them. I, again, I'll, I am a charismaniac. <laughs> I am a tongue-talking, prophesying, right? Name it and claim it. Blab it and I'm all. I love all of that. Does that make sense? But sometimes in our flavor of ice cream, we can go seeking the spectacular and miss what is identified as the most supernatural. The most supernatural encounter you can have with God, you get to have every time you open your Bible. More supernatural than seeing Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Come on, amen. Is that good? I'm getting, I don't know about, can I just, I, again, y'all are trying to be as transparent as I know how. You're, you're past, I'm getting turned on again, and I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful for your word to just the Bible. Yeah. Not that I've wandered away and not that I've lost, but I just, it's like, I don't know. I mean, y'all, y'all hear me say, I'm like falling in love again with the Bible. How cool. Do you love the word of God? Do you love the Bible? I mean, say this way. This is, I believe John Osteen used to say this all the time. He say, say, this is my Bible. This is God speaking to me. Every time you open it, Jesus said, the words I said, these words, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. Now, to move forward on the practical side. And you were literally created to hear from the Word and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right. I, I listened years ago to a message by, I think he's gone on to be heaven, a theologian by the name of R.C. Sproul. And I love what Brother Sproul said in this one message. He said, the reason why God made us in his image is he was making an antenna to himself. We had to be made in his image so he could talk to us. And that we could understand him. Amen. 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 So so let's look at that. You're here in John. Go to the right, and we're going to come back to the left. Go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Very famous verse probably for many of us. Right, we'll start in verse 25. So Jesus answers them, and I believe he was talking to the Jews that were coming up. Oh, well, let's back up to verse 22 so you can see. So now was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was wintertime. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Verse 24, and the Jews surrounded him and said to him, how long will you keep us in doubt? If you are Jesus, if you're the Christ, then tell us plainly. Right? That might sound like somebody's prayers you heard. Well, I just talk to me plainly. <laughs> I want to just, just be clear, God. Don't, don't be, don't. Guys, listen, he is not mysterious. Right? Because let's read on. So Jesus answered and said, I told you. <laughs> I love Jesus again. I think Jesus he was funny, right? Because I, I did tell you. And you did not believe. Can, can I say this? What hinders people many times from hearing the voice of God is they believe they can't hear the voice of God. That's right. Absolutely. Well, God's, God's trying to, and again, we get, we, and we make it sound spiritual. It just really is just stupid. <laughs> right? Well, he's trying to hide something from me, so I can. He's doing the the celestial Easter egg hunt, making me work for it. <laughs> right? Listen, I, I finally had to learn. Say, God, 
You talk to me. And if I'm as dumb as a fence post, thank you for just turning up the volume. But it had to come back to me and say, but Lord, I believe I can hear you. I believe I can see who you are. I believe that, Lord, here, if you speak it from your word or by your spirit, I will get it. I will see it. And like I said, and ultimately, I will understand it. But I will hear you. Why? Because I was made to hear you. You made me so you could walk and talk with me in the cool of the day. You made me for the purpose of relationship, which is communication. That's why you made me. Does that make sense? The reason why the Jews couldn't is they just refused to believe. Well, that's what hinders us mostly is a refusal to believe that I can hear. He continues. He says, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do. I do in my father's name and they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep or you don't belong to me. As I said to you, now look at verse 27. My sheep, what do they do? Hear my voice. And the voice of another, they shall not follow. Now, how many of you know God has spoken to you before? How many of you can tell me, I know, I've heard God talk to me in some way. All right, I want you right now, as you think about that, I want you to remember, go back to a time when you know God has talked to you in your imagination. And I want you to replay that back into yourself. What did that sound like? What did that quote unquote feel like? What did that look like? Can you, can you, can you hear it again? Can you sense it again? If, as you remember, y'all remember that. All right, how many of you, God's talked to you more than once? All right, so go back to another time. So you just remembered one time, go back to another time. And remember that time. Think about it. How did it sound? Again, how did it feel? What was that like? Now here's my question. Are there any similarities between the two times? Yes. Can you see a pattern See, guys, that's how, how do I know it? How many, how do I know if that's God or it's just me? What well, was it falling in with a pattern? God talks to me and it's the same way all the time. Right? You want to know why? Listen, there's some stuff in here we don't always give. Because how many of you got sheep at home? Anybody got sheep? Anybody got some sheep at home? No, I'm talking about like real sheep. Like, <laughs> sheep, those kind of things. Here's the way, in, in, in the time of, of Jesus' day, when they would herd sheep at nighttime for safety and so that the shepherds could rest, they would herd the sheep into a common sheepfold. So all the region's shepherds would migrate to the big corral, so to speak, and they would put all of their sheep in one pen. And then that way they could take turns sleeping and watching guard. But all through the day, each shepherd had a key word, had some phrase or some saying or some one word thing that he would constantly say to his sheep when he would move them to a new piece of, of grace. And he would say that word, that audible command, and they would follow. And they talk about it. If you Google all this when you get home, that the shepherds would walk up to the door of the sheepfold and say their phrase and only their sheep would pop their heads up. Yeah. And follow out. Because how many of you know sheep all look alike, right? <laughs> I mean, there might be some variances you can kind of spot one of yours, but if you look at a bunch of sheep, you're like, well, which one is yours? Which, which one's Pastor Ken's? Which one's mine? I, I don't know. Does that mean? But listen, why does God talk to you that way? He's just being the good shepherd. He's just being a good shepherd and he is training you and I to be accustomed to how he talks to you. That's right. So that you're not, oh, that's his voice. I know that voice. Does, does that make sense? Yes. I mean, how many of you have found 
And just again, just trying to do some parallels to help you understand you're probably already doing this. You just don't really realize it because you just think it's you. Yeah. You know what? So, you know what's so funny? I'm gonna tell you a, a, a funny story. This is we went to a Bible college in Oklahoma, and one of our pastors there, Pastor Tony Cook, told this story, and he and it was a true story. He was talking to this brother that was a he was an Okie of Okies, right? He was country and cornbread. This guy, right? And so he was talking to this brother, and the brother was coming and said, "Well, I think God's talking to me about doing X, Y, or Z." And Brother Tony says, Pastor Tony says, well, well what God say? Well, God just told me, okie dokie. <laughs> and it was because that he would understand. Yeah. Listen to me. He will sound very familiar. Yes. He, could, he, he will be talking to you. Again, the Holy Spirit is your roommate. He lives with your spirit inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So your spirit and the Holy Spirit are living together on the inside of you. Does that make sense? So he will sound a whole lot like you. I mean, how many of you know uh, you sound like people you hang out with a lot, right? Have you ever noticed that? How many of y'all, you're like me and you got to be careful if you start hanging out with other ethnic people? You start trying to put an ethnic spin on your English. Come on now. You go to the Chinese place and you start going, oh, quite nice. Oh, very delicious. Right down there. Come on. Right, here you go. The Holy Spirit does that with you. He slides into your spirit and goes, oh, he's country. I'm going to have to talk a little bit with him. Right? Does that make sense? Hey, listen, but you're getting, I just want you to know you're already probably doing this. How many of you have found, again, you read the Bible and there's a similar pattern of inspiration that comes with you? Right? How many of you, you're here just as a bit, this is, is this helping anybody this morning? It's okay. How many of you, you're the folks that you hear people say this, you're reading and the words jump off the page. Anybody, a, a word jump off the page? Nathan's a word jump off the page, Miss Lynette. And I mean, and literally, I've heard people, you, you read the Bible, and it's like something just kind of comes out at you. I mean, that doesn't happen to me. I don't, I've never had a word jump off the page yet. I've heard people talking about it. That's awesome. You know what it does with me? It's like hitting the brakes. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to be a good Christian, like Pastor Kim would say. I'm going to be. A good, I'm going to open my Bible, man. I got a goal. We're going three, four chapters, right? We're going for it, man. We're going to. We're going to do the reading today. We're going to be faithful, right? And I get about two verses in and hit a phrase and go. Yeah. Anybody a hard stop person like me? And something it hits you, and you, it, it's like I, I liken it to fishing. Your lure gets hung on something. Right, and you just can't get off. And I'll try to read past it because I'm gonna be a good boy. I'm gonna read my verses. And I get about two or three verses past that, and I just go right back up to the top verse, wherever I got stuck. And I'll go to that phrase again. And then if you're like me, I'll start looking and I got a study Bible. Remember I told you you need two types of Bibles. You need a Bible you can study and a Bible you can read. Right? So I'm normally reading that way in my study, and I got my little crawl, and I'll start well, what where does that show up over here? Where does that show up over there? When I start chasing rabbits. Anybody done that? Yes. Now the bad part is, is I do that. Now, y'all keep telling me. I do that when other people are preaching. <laughs> like I, if I'm over and I'm over Pastor Mark and he's preaching, he's doing good and I'm trying to pay attention and if my lure gets hung up on something when he says it, I'm gone. Because <laughs> I'm, tra- I'm chasing around flipping pages. I'm running references. I'm lo- Anybody else come on be honest. You're like me. You, you do that. Hey, listen, please, if that ever happens while we're doing this, you are totally okay. Because God is taught. But you're going to notice patterns. How God continually speaks to you from his word. By the voice of his spirit with your conscience. Pay attention to the patterns. Right? Own who you are. Is this... Man, this is, I don't think I really meant to go all the way right there quite yet. Is this helpful at all? It's not, so I'll tell a little story. She's not here to get on to me today, so I can, uh, she had to leave. Selena's not here, so I can go all the way. No, uh, this is something. But, uh, 
but but you know, so Selena and I we're married and we're you know, we're a good Christian couple, all this kind of stuff, and and we're there. And one day, early in our marriage, I don't think kids had shown up yet. She she's doing and something, and she literally she just slams her Bible. I don't know how you do that. And I'm like, what? She goes, I don't know how. I never see you read the Bible, but you know so much Bible, right? How do you? And and but if y'all know my wife. She is a disciplined, intimidating soul. <laughs> right? Uh, she is. I mean, and now she doesn't mean I listen and, and she'll, she's sweet and, and there's, she is funny. And most of y'all don't know either one of those sides yet. Right? Because sometimes you run into the disciplined side of Selena first. Right? She's the one that if, if, the, if the health or the doctor person said you should eat cardboard and that's the way to be healthy, we all about to eat cardboard. Uh, eat some cardboard. And it's going to show up. I mean, the kids and I laughed. She found out about quinoa. Anybody know quinoa, that little grain? Or quinoa, have you said? Quinoa, that little grain that's supposed to be super good for you. And somebody gave her a cookbook, 365 days of quinoa. And we did all of them. Right? And we were there. And that's just, so my wife, when she got, but that's how God, listen, that's how God talks to her. God talks to her very disciplined, very measured, very repeatable, very attainable. Why? Because that's her. I'm Mr. ADHD squirrel. <laughs> right? I'm jumping limbs and I'm running around. So God goes, well, I got to help. He jumps with me. Listen to me. I say that because God is not going to speak to you from someone else's personality. Amen. He's going to speak to you from yours. So Selena and I had to understand, and again, husbands and wife, you're probably going to study the Bible differently from each other. Don't let that frustrate you. Just be thankful God's talking. Does that make sense? Amen. This is, okay. Mm. Let's keep looking. John, back to John. Go over to chapter 8. And man, I really do want to get somewhere. I feel like we ought to get somewhere. Y'all, I'm sorry. I, I apologize too much. I received that. Thank you. John chapter 8. Let's keep going. John chapter 8. Here's an, another interesting one when you look at it. And again, John chapter 8 and 9 and 10 are some of my favorite chapters in the entire Gospels. Because Jesus and the Pharisees get into a cousin mass. We, we, they're cousins each other. They say, you're the bastard son of your mama Mary. And he says, oh yeah, well you're the bastard sons of your daddy the devil. And off <laughs> to the races they go. And they just are going. They, that's, what they, and that's what you look at. That's what they're going at each other, man. They just going back and forth and back and forth. Right? And then he comes to the end and he's talking to the Pharisees in verse 47. He says, and he who is of God hears God's words. That's why you don't hear because you're not of God. And he's saying that to the Pharisees. Now these were like the word people. These were some good old word of faith folks, right? They knew the word, but they didn't know him. So they couldn't hear the word they were reading. But listen, that's not, you know him. How many of you are of God? You're here. You know you're, you're born of God. Then according to Jesus, you hear his words. But why? Because you're of him. You're from him. Does that make sense? How many of you here speak Spanish? A little bit. Come on. Any Spanish speakers? Anybody Spanish? Why don't Come on, why don't y'all speak Spanish? Uh, well, the, big, the real reason why, you're not from there. Yeah. Now see, Selena, I get people on Selena. Y'all know, where's Selena from? Guatemala. So she spoke Spanish before she spoke English. Yes. Why? She's from there. Where are you from? <laughs> you do speak God. Good job, Kurt. Where are you from? Heaven. You're from heaven. 
native language is the Word of God. Y'all in case about halfway home. You're from heaven. You were born. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 3 when he said you must be born again. That word literally means you must be born from above. You must be born straight out of heaven. I know there was straight out of Compton. A t-shirt was popular a long time ago. We should go straight out of heaven, right? I mean, you're born straight from heaven. So you know by your birthright the words of heaven. Why? Because Jesus said so. Those that are of God, they know my words. Amen. You just know them. Amen. I mean, that's why I love watching people who are just new in the faith and they're newly born again. Right? I mean, I've told y'all those stories. I kind of taste more Canada stories. Right? We had a young couple in the church, and they came to the church, and they've been with us up in Canada about three months. And again, dummy me, I just, they're here, they're attending every Sunday, they're faithful, they're good little church people. I just assume they're saved. Dumb on me, right? Because about three months into their coming, Holy Spirit leads us, we give a, a call for salvation, and both their little hands pop up. And I'm like, well, wow, I would have never known that you weren't even born again. Right? And they get born again. Right? Well, now my other second assumption was I just assumed they were married. Right, because they came together and they got a whole passel of kids like me and Selena. So I just like, oh, they're married, okay. About three more months, four months in, he comes to me and he goes, "Hey, Pastor Fred, uh, you think we should get married?" I said, "Well, uh, yeah." He goes, "Well, God's been talking to me about being married. I should be married. This is now. Listen, this is why. Why did he know that?" Because he changed addresses. He changed languages. He went from the language of sin and unrighteousness to the language of righteousness. And from within himself, he didn't know that he never grew. Again, all of our people in Canada, they were all first time, first generation believers for about four generations. They were the first ones in four or five generations to ever be born again. He had no heritage in Christ. But he was born again, and from being born again, he began to hear the words of heaven. Amen. Amen. Listen, is this inspiring all at all? Listen, this is your native tongue. This is what you were wired and born again to receive from. Good. Well, I hope so. Good. I want you to be. Because listen, because then as we continue to allow that to grow, man, then there's insight and wisdom and knowledge and understanding and direction that is all within here. I mean, have any of y'all ever been to my, been to my house and, and y'all heard me and Selena speak Spanish to each other? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, just a... If that normally ever happens, she's either normally getting on to me or one of the kids, right? So it's, it's <laughs> she's, she's not talking about anybody else. So if y'all are coming, y'all hear her, she's, oh, she's getting on to bread. That's most likely what's happening, right? But how many of you go, how many of you would like to know, but man, they got this secret language. I don't know what there's anybody else. Yeah. We had friends when we lived in, in Oklahoma and went to Bible college. They were from Norway. And, and they had no problem. We'd just be, they'd just be going off in Norway and Norwegian. Whoever that is, right? And they'd just go and go and, we'd, and they'd leave you like for 15 minutes. Like, we're sitting there at the dinner table and they're just talking. And I'm like, well, okay. I guess they'll talk to us when they want to. I don't know. They're eating and they're just going to town. Hey, but listen, you look at it. You, you have a language. You have, you have words that you get to hear that the world doesn't understand. The answers of heaven, the direction of God, inside, brother, how you used to call it, inside information. Amen. Come on. Listen, so again, so when the past tries to come and tell you about who you once were, you've got inside information. That's right. That goes, oh, no, that's not who I am. Amen. Right? When the doctor gives you a bad report about your health, you've got inside information. Yes. 
Come on. There's inside. You, you know why? Because that's your language. This again. This is your culture. Amen. Because I say I am a Havanian. You say. That's what I want to say. I am a Havanian. You're from heaven. Or you can make it a heavenite. Or whatever you want to call yourself. A heaven, a heaven I know word. I mean, make up your own word. But listen, you're from somewhere else. Amen. And you have a, a language and a culture that is unique to us. That is not just a language and a culture that is exclusive. It's the language and the culture of life itself. Remember how we started? She said, because the words I speak, what are they? Spirit and life. Amen. All right. You got, you got time for one more? All right. Go to, um, go to John chapter 4. We keep going left in John. John chapter 4. So now we talk about the word. And I guess today the Holy Spirit just wants us to be excited about the word of fresh and anew. Thanks for kicking that off for us, Pastor Ken. That's awesome. He, he wants us to be biblical. He wants us to love the Word, but not just love the Word. Again, you hear it there. When we talk about loving the Word of God as a church family, that's what we mean. We don't just love the Word only just as the book itself, even though that's a marvelous thing, but we actually love to do the Word. Amen. To live the word. Now here, here, can I help you with this? How many of you, you want to get into the meat of the word? Come on now. Go, let's go. How many of you, how many of you, if you grew up long enough in church, there's a difference. There's the milk of the word. And what does milk mean? That's for babies, right? Come on, y'all help me out, right? I mean, you, the milk of the word. And we go to Peter like we did a few weeks ago. And you desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And so it's the milk of the word. But, but where we're trying to get to is what? The meat. Right? We're trying to get to the barbecue, the steak, right? How many of you need to do that, right? You want the, the meat of the word. Now, trick question. Feel free. I might have been on it too hard. What is that? What is, so if there's a categorization, which we would all agree with, that there's milk of the word and there's meat of the word, what does the meat look like? There's a revelation, gospel. Deeper than we are right now. What's the meat of the word, right? What's the meat, right? What's the meat? Come on, Mr. Nathan, what's the meat? What's the meat of the word? We don't know. Some you got to chew on. Some you got to chew on. Hey, but listen, uh, here's the thing. And, and this is in Brother Barry's message I listened to this week too. I love this. Uh, this is going to help us and you're going to be just a shock. Because I used to be in that same boat. And, and again, you listen to certain people. And, and normally, you know, when preachers are trying to, to brag just a little bit. Because they'll say, you know, now that's, this is deep now, church. Are you ready? We're going to go deep. We're going to get deep. And we're getting into the, and, and we think the meat of the word is like the understanding of the ninth toe on Daniel's statue and all this kind of stuff. But Jesus said this in John chapter 4. If you remember the story, here Jesus is having the conversation with the woman at the well. Right? You remember that story? Jesus is tired and hungry and thirsty and he stops off and the disciples go in town to get a, get a Big Mac or something like that and bring it back to him. And the lady shows up at the well and he asks for a glass of water and they get into an ethnical, cultural, racial conversation. <laughs> right? And they go through this whole discourse and at the end of the conversation, I still chuckle, at the end of the conversation, Jesus is still tired, thirsty, and hungry because she never drew him any water. So Jesus is still in the same state he was at the beginning of the conversation, at the end of it, except for this. The disciples come back in verse 27. And at this point, the disciples came and they marveled that he talked with this woman. Yet no one said, what are you looking for or seeking? Why are you talking to this lady? 
Then the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said, Come and see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they went out of the city and they came to him. And in the meantime, the disciples urged him and said, Hey, teacher, rabbi, here, we got you this happy meal. Eat. And then what does it say in verse 32? And if you've got the old King James especially. And he said to them, I have... What does it say? I have... What does it say, Brother John? Well, I have meat to eat that you don't know of. So what is Jesus about to tell us the definition of? What the meat of the word is. He says, I have food in my New King James. I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciple said, has someone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. So when we talk about what is the meat of the word, it's the word that we actually do. See, until we develop within us the heart, I will do what I read. We're only drinking milk and we'll never grow into maturity. But the moment we swap over and say, Lord, I see your word. I will obey your word. You just turned it from milk to meat. See, I'm not picking on anybody. The meat of the word is in the depth of revelation. It's true. The meat of the word is, I will do. You remember another story Jesus said? And we'll look at that one if you want to hop over. It's in Matthew chapter 7. Again, God just keeps taking his left. Matthew chapter 7. Famous story. Jesus speaking, verse 24. So therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to who? A wise man that does what? Builds his house upon the rock and the rains fall and the floods come and the winds blow and they beat on the house and it doesn't fall because it was founded on the rock. What was the rock? Okay, yes. Now let's talk about, is it just the word only? It's the word what? Is it the word only that's the rock? Let's go back. Let's read again. Again, I promise I'm not tricking nobody. We're just reading the Bible, okay? Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does what? And does them. I will tell you who he is like. He is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. So therefore, in the analogy, what is the rock? Hearing and doing. It's actually the word done is the rock. Because let's keep reading. The story continues. But everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who builds his life on the Sand. So what's the sand? No, 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 I'm not tricking you. It's the word not done. Amen. Y'all see that? See, the word done, the word put to action, the word acted upon, the word lived, the word obeyed is the rock that is the foundation of our lives. Because in both cases, Jesus is saying there's those that hear, and they both hear. The difference was one did, and one did not. So the word alone isn't the rock, nor is it the sand. Can we all look at me? I got a cow at a new gate. Y'all all right? Right, remember Jesus, he said twice in two separate Gospels, he said, be careful what you hear, talking about content. And then he said, be careful how you hear. And when you read that story, the how you hear is you have to hear with the attitude of a doer. 
You hear with the attitude of one again, like we started at the beginning, Lord, I will do it first as I come to understand it. But if I read it and I see it, I will do it. And in the walking out of the doing it, I'm talking to you going, Papa, why do we do it this way? Right? Well, uh, does that make sense? Like you just pick, uh, Papa, why do we tithe? I, I, I can see it. I can read it. I can see that it's there from the back to the front and all the way in between. But, but, but why do we tithe? But I, I, I don't withhold my tithe till he tells me why. I give because I can. He said it's there. Again, I don't have to say, well, Lord, why, why do you want me to love Selena? Can you, before I do that, <laughs> before I commit to doing the loving Selena part, I need you to talk to me because you, you know she's special. Right? I find the same Walker County, she's extra. Right? Come on, Eric, are you with me? No, he just says what? Love her. Peter says, hey, listen, learn and understand your wife so you can love her even better. So see, my commitment first is I will love my wife. And as I'm doing that, I'm going, God, show me how to love her better. Help me understand my wife. Again, God jokingly laughed after 25 years of marriage. I finally got, she likes flowers. Like I said, it's, it's always, I, I, I did say I was the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I, bless God, I'm in the drawer. Amen. I, and I got, but listen, but finally, uh, she really, uh, okay. I know that's a silly analogy, but how many times, guys, do we not do silly things? When the whole time we know, because again, I, I don't get flowers. If you ask me, part of their useless, they're, eh. Why do I go spend money on something that's just, well, throw it away? This is going to, I mean, that's my mail, stupid. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that's it. that was my thought. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I didn't, but, but it's not about me. And it's not about me understanding. I, that's exactly right. Hey, you're catching. That's it. Hey, you're love it. That's exactly right. It's not about understanding. It's just doing. Because I'm trying to really inspire us because we have overcomplicated this. Amen. God is not complicated. He is not mysterious. He is really, really, really clear. And it's just right there. Sometimes we just need to listen. We just need to listen and do. Does this is inspire you but why? Because every time I do the word, yes, sure, my, my life is founded on a rock. I'm going to be secure in the times of storm. All that stuff is cool. But the bigger excitement that I want to put in there is, listen, every time you read it and you have the attitude of doing it, you literally are connecting to spirit and life. Amen. Because we access the spirit and the life of the word when we do it. And I'll end with that last verse in James chapter 1, right? Verse 25, James said, listen, receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul, right? And don't be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer of the word because the doer is the one who experiences the blessing. See, the connection to the blessing is in that. I'm not doing it to get the blessing. I'm doing it because that's how I connect to the blessing. That's how I access blessing. It's why as I do it. I have the experience of a great marriage. Why? Because I am connecting to the blessing of the doing a great marriage. Does that help at all this morning? Amen. So, Father, we come to you today. Lord, thank you so much. And I'm always so grateful for the people you've blessed us with. And, Lord, God, we just this week, and just if you'll join me with this, I'm just going to pray in general. But if you're willing, join me with this. 
Father, this week we just stir ourselves up about the Bible again. Hallelujah. We get excited afresh and anew. Lord, your word, it's spirit and it's life to me. Hallelujah. It is the source of everything I could ever need now or in my future. Hallelujah. So this week, Father, talk to me through your word. Lord, you have, you've inspired me, and I'm talking about me personally now. Lord, you've inspired me to, to kind of look at Paul's letters again, the way he wrote them in their origin, in their original um, chron- chron- chronology. So what does that do that this week? Lord, talk to me. Speak to me. Show me. I'm excited. Amen. For those that are here that are seeking guidance and direction, Lord, lead them in your word to what they're looking for. Guide them, direct them. And Lord, our commitment is to realize and believe you're going to talk to me. You're going to speak clearly to me. I can hear your voice. I am from heaven, so I know your words. And my expectation is, is Lord, and once you show me, I'll do it. My promise is, is I'll take a swing at it. I'll, I'll go for it. And I look forward to you unpacking why as we do it. In Jesus' name.